The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I am Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius, Book 7, Chapter 69, which is a one-liner, and it reads, The perfection of moral character consists in this, to spend each day as if it were the last, to be neither agitated nor numb, and not to pretend. So we've talked about this theme before. Uh, the reason I'm choosing this theme now is I kind of wanted to do a recap of my Yom Tov experience. And this uh, this teaching uh, of especially the first half of it, of spending each day as if it were your last, really characterized my Yom Tov, but in a different way than I had experienced in the past. So let me just set the stage for a second here. So um, I gave uh, I had a podcast uh, episode a few weeks ago about how I sometimes have this thought as I'm going into Shabbos of what if this is my last Shabbos? And... Uh, uh, because we don't really know when we're going to die. And uh, and then that really helps me to treat the Shabbos, that Shabbos in a very special way and to really enjoy it. So I had that experience going into this Yom Tov. And I think one of the things that I was not prepared for, and from talking to people, I think a lot of people weren't prepared for this, is this really felt like the first Yom Tov uh, that was back to normal in a good way. Meaning, meaning the last time we really got together for any Jewish holiday in full without restrictions i mean and even then it was somewhat restricted was was uh, purim two years ago you know and uh, we did not know that that would be our last uh uh gathering for for a holiday and uh and and you know <laughs> and things have not had not returned to normal until this this Yom Tov, at least in my shul in my community where the majority of people have been vaccinated fully vaccinated or are have antibodies you know this was the first time that we were all together in shul without masks and going to each other's houses, and uh, and it really just felt like a normal Yom Tov experience in a good way, in, in a way that was better than the, the previous normal, because now we, we appreciated what we, we, we know what we lost, you know, we know, we, we know what it was like to not have this for, for a year and a half. So anyway, it was just a really, really great Yom Tov. Um, and I, going into the Yom Tov, I wanted to be in this mindset of, uh, of maybe this is my last one. But the problem with that kind of strategy is always <laughs> that there's a nagging voice that says, yeah, intellectually, you don't know. Intellectually, this could be your last day. This could be your last Yom Tov, right? But odds are it's not. You know, odds are most people most people do survive from one Yom Tov to another. So there's a certain artificiality of, of implementing this advice that makes it hard to really to really lean into and appreciate unless unless it strikes you naturally. So... I was struggling with that a little bit, but then what hit me, and I think this actually started to hit me in an un, on an unconscious level before the Yom Tov, and then it hit me consciously when I was, uh, you know, sitting outside on the, the on the actually I don't even remember which morning it was it was either the first or the second morning of Yom Tov, and uh, and it was after Hanets. We had come back to my apartment uh, with my, you know. Talmidim, Chavrusa's friends, and and we set up a table outside on our uh, our you know, porch area, and I made breakfast for them, and we were learning, and it was just pure Simchas Yom Tov. And it hit me that, yes, I don't know whether this is my last day, and I don't know whether this is my last Yom Tov, but it is the last, it is the only time I will have this Yom Tov. And by this Yom Tov, I mean who I am right now, who who they are, who my friends and, and Talmidim and Chavrusas are, who we are in this moment, on this day, on you know, on on May, uh, the, I guess May eighteenth or May seventeenth, two thousand twenty-one, uh, Shavuos fifty-seven eighty-one. 
you know, that is something that will not happen again. And somehow that is what made the idea click, is that yes, we don't know if this will be our last day, but there is only one instance of this day. And when this day is gone, then then it's over. And I and somehow because that is that is not subject to that same nagging voice of well, what if this is not your last day? Because this is the last time I will have this Shavuos. And once that idea hit me, and again, it kind of hit me in stages throughout the Yom Tov, I was really able to be present in what I was doing in a way that I hadn't been able to before. And I, I think the way it manifested itself, interestingly enough, is I think because this was such a return to normal uh, uh, type Yom Tov experience, and there was a lot going on, and there were friends who I didn't, I, I you know, really good friends who who I did not get a chance to catch up with. So much activity going on, you know, but people who I usually go to Yom Tov for, who I did not go to Yom Tov uh, for here. It was a lot of what the kids call FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And even within a certain meal, like we had a lot of big meals, and even within the meal, like like I. I I was peripherally aware that there were many, many conversations going on that I really wanted to be a part of, and uh, and, uh, and 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 you know many people who I wanted to catch up, catch up with, many things I wanted to do, many places I wanted to be, and I think this realization that this was my last Yom Tov and that I can't do it all, uh, sorry, my last Yom Tov in terms of this Yom Tov, the, the realization that I can't do it all, and that I should just enjoy who I'm with right now, the people around me, the conversations that are going on. And, uh, and like, I don't know, there was a certain just acceptance of that, of that reality. Uh, and, uh, and again, it was something that I could not achieve through the ordinary thing of maybe this will be my last day, uh, because of that, you know, because of the artificiality of it and because of the odds. And, but, but once I realized this is my last you know, this is going to be the last time we are all at this point in our lives right now on this day. And, and this moment will never, will, you know, will, will never happen again. Uh, that allowed me to be present in the moment. Um, okay. Now let's pivot for a second here. So the, the second half of this Marcus Aurelius thing of spend each day as if it were its last, as if it were the last to be neither agitated nor numb and not to pretend. So I wasn't sure what he meant by that part. And I, I actually checked that this translation comes from the book, The Practicing Stoic by Ward Farnsworth. I don't know who actually translated it, but I checked uh, two other translations. So the Farquharson translation says, perfection of character possess, possesses this, to live each day as if, as if the last, to be neither feverish nor apathetic and not to act a part, like to act a part, like, like, like a part in a play. And then the long translation, uh, the, in, in, you know, the, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The public, uh, our uh, domain one says the perfection of moral character consists in this, uh, in passing every day as the last and in being neither violently excited nor torpid nor playing the hypocrite. Okay. So I don't know, I don't know which translation is more accurate, not to pretend not to act a part and not to play the hypocrite. But, um, the question is, what does he mean? And like, what does that have to do with the first half of living each day as if it were your last? So on, uh, on Yom Tov afternoon on the second day, uh, I had some nice quiet time to read, and I've been reading this book, Radical Acceptance, by Tara Brach, and it's very good so far. Uh, and um, I, the beginning of chapter four, the title of the chapter is Unconditional Friendliness, the Spirit of Radical Acceptance. So she tells an anecdote here. Uh, so uh, let me just read this here. And, and this is kind of intense, okay? But so <laughs> be warned. Uh, 
Jacob, almost 70, was in the mid-stages of Alzheimer's disease. A clinical psychologist by profession and a meditator for more than 20 years, he was well aware that his faculties were deteriorating. On occasion, his mind would go totally blank. He would have no access to words for several minutes and become completely disoriented. He often forgot what he was doing and usually needed assistance with basic tasks, cutting his food, putting on clothes, bathing, getting from place to place. With his wife's help, Jacob attended a 10-day meditation retreat I was leading. A couple of days into the course, Jacob had his first interview with me. These meetings, which students have regularly with a teacher, are an opportunity to check in and receive personal guidance in the practice. During our time together, Jacob and I talked about how things were going both on retreat and at home. His attitude towards his disease was interested, sad, grateful, even good-humored. Intrigued by his resilience, I asked him what allowed him to be so accepting. He responded, it doesn't feel like anything is wrong. I feel grief and some fear about it all going, but it feels like real life. He then told me about an experience he'd had in an earlier stage of the disease. Okay, now this is the intense part. Jacob had occasionally given talks about Buddhism to local groups and had accepted an invitation to address a gathering of over 100 meditation students. He arrived at the event feeling alert and eager to share the teachings he loved. Taking a seat in front of the hall, Jacob looked out at the expectant faces before him, and suddenly he didn't know what he was supposed to say or do. He didn't know where he was or why he was there. All he knew was that his heart was pounding furiously and his mind was spinning in confusion. Putting his palms together at his heart, Jacob started naming out loud what was happening. Afraid, embarrassed, confused, feeling like I'm falling, powerless, shaking, sense of dying, sinking, lost. For several more minutes, he sat, head slightly bowed, continuing to name his experience. As his body began to relax and his mind grew calmer, he also noted that aloud. At last, Jacob lifted his head, looked around slowly around at those gathered and apologized. Many of the students were in tears. As one put it, no one has ever taught us like this. Your presence has been the deepest teaching. Rather than pushing away his experience and deepening his agitation, Jacob had the courage and training simply to name what he was aware of and, most significantly, to bow to his experience. In some fundamental way, he didn't create an adversary out of feelings of fear and confusion. He didn't make anything wrong. We practice radical acceptance by pausing and then meeting whatever is happening inside us with this same kind of unconditional friendliness. Um, instead of turning our jealous thoughts on, or angry feelings into the enemy, we pay attention in a way that enables us to recognize and touch any experience with care. Nothing is wrong. Whatever is happening is just, quote unquote, real life. Such unconditional friendliness is the spirit of radical acceptance. <sighs> okay, yeah, that was an intense. <laughs> that was intense. So that feeling of nothing is wrong, this is just real life, somehow that strikes me as the type of thing that Marcus really is getting at when he says that we are not being agitated nor numb and not pretending, you know, not playing a part, that just this is what is happening. I'm not denying it. Uh, it, for good and for bad. Well, this is, I'm feeling happiness right now. I'm feeling sadness. I'm feeling like I had an experience on Shavuos. I think the, the one negative aspect of my Shavuos was that because I woke up for Hanates, uh, which is extremely early and because I didn't get that much sleep and my sleep was restless because of the late eating and, and such. So I was extremely tired on the second day of Shavuos. And so I, I used all my energy, learned with, with all, you know, with, with my learning group, um, managed to to kind of keep my attention focused until the end of our learning. And then we went to Yeshiva for a Pesach year, which I had been looking forward to um, because it was so good the first day. And I'm sitting in Shear. My, I, even I had tons of coffee, could not concentrate, felt like I just needed to close my eyes and, and, uh, and lie down. And I know for a fact that in the past, I would have not done that. I would have just sat there 
and force myself to to like to be in sheer, even though I wasn't understanding, and then have all these self-recriminating thoughts about how I'm not really paying attention and how like I'm missing stuff. And then and I decided, like, you know what? I just need to go lie down. And so I went up and I was lying down on the couch for about an hour and just accepting the fact that, okay, I'm not getting Rapesak sheer. I'm 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 missing this experience. But but this is <laughs> this is this is real life. And this is this is happening before I read that that the that book. But but that's what I mean is like not playing the part, not feeling like you have to be something or do something in order to experience life. Um and uh, and and just accepting accepting <laughs> things as they are. And I think and, and which is a form of Sameh Bakalko. I mean, you know, of, of being content with your with your portion. I mean that that what is happening to you today is part of your portion. You know, it's your portion is not only what you get in, in life as a whole, it's what's going on right now. So, um, I sense that that is something that, that that's the connection between the two parts of this, uh, this, this, uh, uh, this chapter in Marcus Aurelius is spend each day as if it were the last. And in order to do that, you need to be neither agitated nor numb and not to pretend. Um, and I think that this insight that I had, this, this, uh, Shavuos of that, this is the last, the only instance of this shavuos that I will ever have, I think that maybe is something that I want to try to, I mean, not maybe, it's something I want to try to carry with me in implementing this every day. I don't know if it's going to be successful to implement every day, but again, living each day as if it were, as if it were your last um, is easy to say, but hard to do because of the, of the probability that it will not be your last. But if you realize that this is the last time I will have this day, then I think that we could translate that into a, a real, uh, you know, awareness and ability to be present so that's that was the uh those were the fruits of my uh of my <laughs> of my uh, Shavuos, uh and and it was worth it and it was definitely helped me to enjoy uh the uh the yom tov uh in in the way that it was meant to be enjoyed that is it for today's episode if you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more torah content please consider contributing to my patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbi schneeweiss link is in the description and uh, as i've mentioned before we're heading into the summer uh, Lumdeha is no longer going to be around. And so I do have to figure out what I'm going to do next year to supplement the income that I was making. And that's where the Patreon really comes in handy because like I've said a lot, I want to be able to produce content like this, uh, and to produce content that I'm interested in and that you're interested in and to not have to use this time to, uh, to tutor because even though it's, I enjoy tutoring and, uh, and, you know, uh, teaching for, for whatever I teach for that, I would much rather do this, uh, for you. So, uh, every, every dollar helps. Uh, thank you to my listeners for listening and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.